0: What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. The NFL has spent the last several months making a strong push to change the future of America's most popular sport. No, I'm not talking about new overtime rules or more sports betting. I'm talking about flag football. So today's episode breaks down the multi-billion dollar reason driving this shift and the likelihood that it actually ends up happening. I really enjoyed recording this episode, and I hope that you guys enjoy it also. But before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's Sponsors. This episode is brought to you by WHOOP. I've been wearing a WHOOP for several years now, and it has made a massive difference in my life. It's the only tech product that I wear 24-7, so it's pretty cool to see people like Patrick Mahomes, Rory McIlroy, Michael Phelps, and Justin Bieber wearing one also. WHOOP automatically measures your respiratory rate, oxygen level, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. Sure, it might sound complex, but WHOOP interprets the data for you, so it's easy to digest and actionable. And now... Their 4.0 is officially back in stock and shipping in real time. But here's the best part. Whoop is offering my listeners 15% off their Whoop 4.0 right now with the code Joe at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P dot com and enter Joe at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Next up is 8sleep. 8sleep has dramatically improved my daily performance. For me, I was never able to get a good sleep because I was always too hot. But now, I am falling asleep in record time, faster than I have before, all thanks to my 8sleep Pod Pro cover. The Pod Pro cover by 8sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. You can add the cover to any mattress. The temperature regulation will create the optimal sleeping environment by adjusting to each side of the bed based on personalized sleep stages, biometrics, and bedroom temperature. The results are proven to be true. 8sleep users fall asleep up to 32% faster, reduce sleep interruptions by 40%, and get overall more restful sleep. And it's not just me who sleeps on an 8sleep. The product is so good that it's garnered the attention of CEOs, Olympians, UFC champions, and even the Mercedes F1 racing team. So go to 8 Joe, that's J-O-E, for exclusive Memorial Day savings through June 6th. Cool down this summer with 8sleep, now shipping within the USA, UK, Canada, and Australia. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's get into this episode. What's up, everyone? All right, today we're going to talk about flag football. So the NFL, National Football League, has spent the last several months making a strong push. To change the future of America's most popular sport, but I'm not talking about new overtime rules or more sports betting or new advertisers or anything like that. I'm talking about flag football, right? So this is a quote from the NFL executive vice president, Troy Vincent. He told this to the associated press. He said, when we talk about the future of the game of football, it is no question flag. When I've been asked over the last 24 months in particular, what does the next 100 years look like when you look at football? not professional football, it's flag. It's the inclusion and the true motto of football for all. There is a place in flag football for all. And the interesting part about this is that the NFL is being very public about their goal here. They have one goal, one goal in mind, It is inclusion in the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. So they wanna make flag football an Olympic sport. And I think this is interesting for a variety of reasons, but most people probably look at this and they're like, what does this even mean? right? The NFL is obviously tackle football. What's the deal with flag football? When you talk about the future of football, is it really flag football? Because most people like the NFL, you know, makes close to $20 billion a year. Now they make 10 billions of dollars just off of TV rights. Tens of millions of people watch the most popular games each year. 75 out of the 100 most watched TV broadcasts last year were NFL games. And a large majority, millions of people actually spend an entire day, right? Every Sunday, for 20-plus straight weeks, including the regular season in playoffs, watching the NFL because, I would argue, there's two to 300-pound men crashing into each other at 40 times the force of gravity, right? So 40 Gs. So that is all good, fine, et cetera. So it brings the question of, like, why are they doing this? Why do they care about this so much? All of that. And I think it can really be broken down into just two different pieces. So first— we all know the NFL is dangerous, tackle football in general, but we'll talk about the NFL for a second. And here's what I mean by that. More than 320 former NFL players, including Demarius Thomas, Aaron Hernandez, Vincent Jackson, Ken Stabler, and Frank Gifford have been diagnosed with chronic traumatic encephalopathy. I, I totally said that wrong, but CTE, you guys know what CTE is and the fact about this is that not only are there plenty more players that were never tested and would have been found positive just based on kind of who is tested and the percentages and everything like that, but a definitive diagnosis of CTE can only be made after someone's death, right? So they they study your brain and et cetera after you are, they study it post-mortem, right? So they can only tell once you're already dead. They, they have signs early on and they, they kind of have, maybe an idea or a guess or kind of some estimates around the percentage chance that you might have CTE. But ultimately, right now, they cannot tell until until you're passed away. So it's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous game. And I think this has been more broadcasted over at least the last decade or two decades, right? As this knowledge, as this science has been released, and as more studies have been done, there's obviously been lawsuits against the NFL. But I think more broadly, like Parents have taken notice is the easiest way to describe it, right? It's become a topic of conversation. There's been specials run about it. There's been documentaries. It's in the news. People know about this now. And you even have NFL greats, NFL legends, right? Bo Jackson, who has publicly rallied against children playing tackle football and said that his children, he doesn't want them playing, and he would strongly advise against them playing. And actually, if he even had to go back knowing what he knows today, he might not even play. Again, hindsight's 2020. It's very difficult to look at these things in a vacuum and just say, hey, that's the decision I would have made, but that's his comments. And the numbers show this, right? So if you look at the youth participation rate for tackle football in the United States, it's dropped nearly 50% over the last decade. So in early 2010s, there was about eight and a half million people call it, give or take, depending on kind of how you look at the studies, playing tackle football in the United States. Now it's sub 5 million, right? So that number has obviously dropped a tremendous amount. So you would assume part of this is about safety, right? If we can slow down the participation rate, right? It's obviously declining to a large degree right now, it's about 50% of the decade. If we can slow down that decline, right? If we can stop it or actually even reverse it to some degree by implementing flag football across the country and giving people more faith, right? You get them interested in the sport, they grow to love it. Maybe by the time they reach high school, we have enhanced security measures or safety measures and they go and join their tackle football team in high school. I think the NFL has been barking up that tree for for quite a while, actually. I think they believe in that to some degree. But ultimately, I think the thing that is driving this the most, the incentives here, is actually just money when you think about it, right? In a a capitalistic society, it's really just money. So if you look at the NFL, the NFL is a massive business. We know this. I I think everyone understands this point. It's the most profitable sports league, not only in the United States, but in the world, really, for a single entity. The league will pull in around $20 billion in revenue this year alone, and Roger Goodell has been very clear, very, very, very clear about his five-year goal, which is $25 billion in annual revenue by 2027. And when I say five years, I mean five years from today. He has actually been publicly saying this. He said it first, I believe, at the owner's meeting back in 2010. So for over a decade now, he's been calling his shot, saying, by 2027, I want $25 billion in annual revenue. And the NFL is tracking right towards there. They could hit right around 20 million or 20 billion this year and they would be headed that way. And obviously the the massive TV deals have helped with that tremendously. They're getting $10 billion plus now annually from TV partners that they work with. And, and those deals will only get larger. So if you count the sports betting money, if you count all this new stuff on the marketing side, like clearly could see a path to where they can reach that. So I think that's impressive, obviously. It's more than any other sports league, especially here in the United States. But the problem is just that, right? is that the NFL, when you really look at it, is still predominantly a United States-based league. Sure, they have over 100 million fans globally, but when you look at the context, right, the money that is derived from an international audience versus domestic audience, the overwhelming majority of that is coming domestically. Not only from TV partners, but ticket sales, from merchandise, from marketing, from all of that, right? It's all being driven domestically. And sure, you can say they've been playing games in London for more than a decade now. They have played in Mexico since 2016, and they're even sending the Seattle Seahawks and Tampa Bay Buccaneers to Germany this year for the first time ever. But the reality is just that, right, is that international expansion is still extremely small compared to the domestic revenue that the National Football League is able to derive. So that's where the Olympics come in, in my mind, right? Flag football is obviously an easier and cheaper way to play or get people interested than tackle football. Tackle football, you obviously need more people, you need the equipment, you need officials, you need playbooks, you need all of these different things, right? And flag football, you just need a couple of people, you need a football, and you can even kind of make flags, right? You can make your own end zones, you can do all these things. So it, it lowers the barrier to entry for, you know, everyone, basically, who doesn't have the means to be able to do this. So that does a few different things. That obviously opens up the door for the talent pipeline, right? The NFL has the international expansion player program right now which numerous people have come through and actually made it to the NFL. It's been what I would consider a a pretty successful venture on their part. But this opens up the door to hundreds of millions of people, billions of people to some degree, depending on kind of how you look at it and, and the growth that it was able to get. But I also think what it does is people don't understand how valuable the Olympic charter is and what it actually means, right? So the Olympics is obviously important. You're opening things up on a global stage. But to obtain an Olympic charter, which you need to compete in the Olympics means that the sport is being practiced by men in at least 75 countries and on four continents, and women in at least 40 countries and on three continents. That level of participation would be insane, right, for the for the NFL. It obviously would increase the amount of international investment in and around the sport. Again, it would expand the international pipeline of players, but more importantly, it could potentially bring the NFL hundreds of millions of more fans. So the NFL has said that they're looking to add 50 million international fans over the next decade. But the reality is, if you're able to get the sport included in the Summer Olympics in 2028, I think they smash that out of the water. Because what you're doing now is you're saying, hey, at least 75 countries are playing the sport. And there's about 38 or 39 or maybe even 40 at this point that I think are competing. So flag football, for those that don't know, is actually included in the World Games in Alabama. So a similar competition, I I guess, to some degree, how you want to look at it for the Olympics, but there's already 38 or 39 or 40 nations that competed to qualify for that tournament. So to some level, you know, we're about halfway there or whatever you want to call it, give or take. But I think once it gets on that, that national stage, the Olympics, right, there is a certain level of commitment, of investment, of interest that goes along with that. And I think that that would be massive for the NFL. And the thing that I would end with and that I would just clarify and say is like, I don't know if this is going to happen. 2028 is far away, but it's really not that far. We all know how fast time moves and stuff like this. And the Olympics will be here before we know it. So obviously very difficult to get something like this passed. But I would caveat that with the fact that like, if anyone can do it, I certainly wouldn't bet against the NFL, right? Just because of the the size of the league, the amount of revenue that they bring along with it, the attention, the publicity the growth, right? The power that they have is really how I would put it to drive something like this forward. And I think for the NFL, it's like a no-brainer. No, 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 no brainer. Because what you're doing is you're basically not only accelerating the growth internationally of the sport, but you're doing it in a in a somewhat cheap fashion relative to what you would probably have to do otherwise, right? So you don't have to go market it. You don't have to go play all these international games. You don't have to do all this other stuff. You're doing a lot of this stuff domestically, sure. You're having flag football leagues, you're investing in it, you're doing these things. But ultimately, the Olympics are going to serve as that stage. It's going to serve as that vehicle. And it's how can you drive the most value, right? If you have this audience size, what can you use to drive that value? And I think in some instances, like, sure, you can go market, you can set up these like kind of domestic flag football leagues for kids, you can kind of get interest going that way through the grassroots perspective. But if you're the NFL, like the Olympics is a way better option for you to go do. And I think that's what they're going to go do. So Again, my guess would be 2028. I don't know whether it's going to happen or not, but I certainly would have been, wouldn't bet against the NFL. And I think if it does happen, this is going to be a massive growth in trajectory for the NFL because ultimately what you're going to be doing is it's less about the talent pipeline, in my opinion, right? Like the NFL has quality players. I don't think that's going to be stopping anytime soon, even with a kind of a reduction in the number of people that are playing the sport here domestically at a young age, call it six or 12 or under. But I do think that it will drastically increase the number of people watching, buying, caring, et cetera, about the NFL internationally. And what does that bring with it? It brings millions and millions, potentially billions and billions of dollars. It's what every sports league in the world is attempting to do, right? If you look at Formula One, it's that exact same model where they want to be global. They want to be international within every single country, within every single market, And the United States is traditionally the hardest one to crack, which is why Formula One has been so successful over the last few years now that they've kind of wedged themselves in and they're starting to grow here in the United States. The NFL obviously has a massive advantage with being that home turf here, the largest sport in the United States. And now they're trying to do the reverse. They want to go outside the United States to expand their revenue stream, expand their total addressable market, and we'll see if they can do it. But I think it's quite fascinating. I will keep you guys updated as more things come up. But again, I wouldn't bet against 2028 flag football in the Olympics, so we'll see what happens. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pomp Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day, and I'll see you next time.